0: for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5.
1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is seven oh eight on your Saturday morning, Saturday, January the 29th, twenty twenty two. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, and I am, co- of course, I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in Myrtle Beach with the firm of Davis and Boyd. That's the day job. I'm also your host on Saturday mornings for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the program at Saturday Morning Coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things happening in this crazy world that we think uh, you need to know about. So thanks for uh, joining us here on this edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. A lot to talk about today here at Saturday Morning Coffee. We're all about limited government, lower taxes, all the things that mean more freedom more freedom for you, more freedom for your family, more freedom for me, more freedom for all of us who are we the people. We have got a country to save, folks. And if that's not clear to you by now, I'm not sure what to tell you. But I will tell you this, it starts right here in the studio. Uh, Saving our country starts right here, starts right wherever you are, in your kitchen, in your car, wherever you are talking uh, to your children. And uh, we've got a lot of work to do, and I hope that is uh, clear to everybody. Joined here in the studio this morning, as always, by producer extraordinaire Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Dye, good morning. How are you? Good, sir. How are you enjoying this uh, lovely weather we're having today? Yeah, it's going to be nice.
2: Yeah, you I know mean, the roads are fine.
1: Yeah, I, I, there was nothing that seemed to be sticking, at least for now. Right. And uh, you know, I love it. I love it when you get in your your car, your truck. My car uh, reminds me that there it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful! It's cold. I I didn't realize that. I froze to death getting, you know, walking three feet to get into the car. But no, so it's it's
2: it's actually thirty two right now. Cold outside. Uh, It's going down uh, a temperature, a a degree. Um, But it's going to, like I say, move out. And if you park in a garage, it's generally fifty five when you get in your car.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't park in a garage. (laughs) So yeah, I'm like everybody else. My garage is full of things.
2: I can walk right out other without than a coat. Get in my car. It's 55. Yeah, Just, other than cars, it can be cold at 19 degrees outside. It's still 55, 50 degrees in a garage. 55.
1: I aspire, Glenn. One of my my lifetime bucket list includes the following. At one point, I would like to live in a house with a garage that actually has room for mm-hmm. all the cars. Mm-hmm. And you know, me too. So I've not I've not achieved that yet. Got a golf cart in the garage, a bunch of junk in the garage that we probably don't need. Right. But no cars. Uh, so, anyway, hope y'all are doing well. That is the uh, smooth, mellifluous voice of Dr. Glendi. How's Carol doing, by the way? Uh, she's doing great. She's
2: getting ready to have another birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday to Carol.
1: Yeah, well, guess what? My wife had a birthday yesterday. We were uh, on the show yesterday. I was on the show, Liz Callaway show, on Friday, wishing her a happy birthday. So, for those of you who listen to the Saturday Morning Coffee podcast, happy birthday to my lovely wife, Lee, and to Carol. So, yeah. well, a couple of birthdays happy birthday. to celebrate. Y'all doing anything
2: special to celebrate? uh I, I will be at a, a very exclusive dinner place this evening oh i don't want to tell you know, okay. paparazzi yeah, yeah. you'll be yeah. You'll,
1: you'll be stalked you'll no we we'll to be down
2: at frank's this evening oh very nice yeah we love frank's yeah frank's
1: is awesome mm-hmm. so they should come on board as a sponsor they uh, really should we'll, we'll drive some traffic yeah. uh down to frank's so very good uh well i hope you all enjoy that and uh folks we invite you guys to join in the show as well as always you can uh Call in, text us your comments, whatever you prefer. The call-in line is 843-903-2945. That's 843-903-2945. little diction there for you, a little elocution. Text us on the pcrxcomputers.com text line. That number, as always, is 843-798-8255. You can tweet your comments to the show. The Twitter handle for the show is at Reese Boyd, R-E-E-S-E. B-O-Y-D. You can email your comments to us. That email address is reeseboydsmc at gmail.com. And also, some of you like to call during more civilized hours. I get plenty of calls at the office from Saturday Morning Coffee listeners. Always happy to hear from you guys. Sometimes you even come in and meet with us for various things. Sometimes you just come in to say hello, drop off some coffee, drop off a book. I love it when you guys do that. And uh, I've, I've had an opportunity to meet a few of you over the last couple of weeks, just this January. So, Office line at Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law is 843-839-9800. That's 843-839-9800. Feel free to call us anytime we can do something for you or you just want to chat. So, and I want to remind you guys as well, you can also catch Saturday Morning Coffee as a podcast. And uh, if you have uh, had a chance to check out the podcast, many of you enjoy listening that way if you happen to miss an episode here on the air. Um, you can find us in Apple CarPlay or on the Apple Podcast site or in Google uh, Play just by searching for Saturday Morning Coffee and looking for the familiar red and blue coffee cup logo and click on Listen Now or, even better, subscribe to the podcast and you'll automatically be notified when new updates are loaded, new episodes are loaded. By the way, we've had a little technical issue with our podcasting Um uh, and and our labor force, my son, uh, on the podcasting team has uh, been a little bit uh, hard to catch up with lately. But he's uh, catching up, so we're going to be catching up the podcast episodes. And by the way, Glenn, we occasionally give stuff away here on the radio. I'm going to start. I've got a little experiment I'm going to try. We're going to put some, I call them Easter eggs, in the podcast. So it'll be a little giveaway here and there. That's just in the podcast, only in the podcast. So Very good. if you good idea. Uh, if you uh, listen to the podcast. Be on the lookout for those, and uh, we'll be excited to see what we can give away through the podcast. But we'll let's give away something today, Glenn. So somewhere on the program uh, today, we'll be giving away a Saturday morning coffee mug
2: and a new car and a new car.
1: <laughs> Get Conway Ford on the line, Barry. I need a car. I need a Bronco.
2: <laughs> yeah, I heard you said you were looking at the Bronco. I, mean,
1: I like them. I'm. I i do not think I. I don't want to pay. Uh. You know, MSRP. Uh, times two, which appear, appears to be the going rate, yeah. but I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm sure uh, Barry over at Conway Ford will cut you guys a deal if you want a Bronco. I have a feeling. Uh, I have not actually priced any officially, but yes, I do like the looks of the they Bronco. Beat it,
2: they beat the beach, is what they say. They, you, you know? Know,
1: I'm absolutely. We, yeah. I, There's i, the I Andy Lone and I am. I have been a uh, Conway Ford uh, uh, customer in the past. Happy, satisfied. When I had to replace uh, the pickup, I. Literally, I went to various places, looked around, including Conway Ford, and I—I I think I was at the worst of the worst time. Right, inventory right. was just awful. There was really nothing to choose from, and so I started shopping online. And I wound up—I think you and I have had brief snippets of this conversation. I bought a car online through Carvana. Mm-hmm. I'm one and done with Carvana. Uh, that was I'm that sorry. was my one and only Carvana experience. There will not be another unless they write me a letter and say, we want to give you a car in order to get you to stop talking about us.
2: Uh. I'll have another
1: Carvana car. But other than that, there will be no more Carvana cars in my future. But uh, that's and that's a whole nother story I'd love to get to. I don't know that we'll have time to get to it uh, today, but I do have a Carvana segment at some point. So the guys at Carvana, they've already asked me to be quiet about them. So. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll uh, leave it there for now. But yeah, I am not buying another Carvana car. But yes, I would love to go to uh, Conway Ford this afternoon. Pick up a Bronco. If you've got one, a Barry that you can sell me at a at a at a at a good deal, just. Give us a call. We'll, um, uh,
2: they're all good deals are all good way deals. forward. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah. encourage you guys to stop by and, and check them out.
2: Uh Andy Thompson's checked in on the pcrxcomputers.com. Text line James from Myrtle Beach has checked in. Good morning, James. Cadillac Gary, Jeff the guitar builder wants to know who ordered all this snow. It's it's or this snow. It's not a lot. It's just going to be a dusting. Yeah. On it the, it on did
1: the look like a nice little uh it looked almost like a blizzard as you oh, said it was coming down. Yeah, yeah, it was coming yeah. down pretty I good. I actually took a video of it yeah.
2: and was going to post it online.
1: So, you know, we don't we, see
2: that often here.
1: Yeah, we have got a lot uh, to talk about today, folks. I don't even know how we'll uh, get to it. There is so much to unpack in this world around us uh, from the Supreme Court to uh, just everything. Uh, illegal aliens being shuttled around this country on flights that you are paying for. Yep. Uh, so the stack is huge. Uh, we'll get to what we can. I don't know that we'll uh, get to it all, but we're going to do our best. To cover everything today in the stack Also going to be joined here on the program A little bit later this hour By Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evitt Going to be joining us here on the show And also going to be talking to Douglas Blair Douglas is with The Daily Signal And uh, wants to talk to us about 1.6 million Redditors Who are tired of working Sounds like a recipe for success All that and more On this episode of Saturday Morning Coffee Stick with us after these words from our sponsors We'll be right back Don't leave town
0: Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services
3: reese pamela and i have always cherished that we get to live on the coast of south carolina what a privilege it is to serve our friends and neighbors along the grand strand and beyond with clients in 27 states and just this year pile financial services was recognized as the number one company in the country with our broker dealer out of dallas texas As we look to celebrate and ring in the new year, now is the time to review your financial relationships. 2022 could be a year of much volatility with elections, midterms, and potential tax law changes. If you don't have an advisor you trust, call Pile Financial Services at 843-945-4480
1: or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Pile Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose.
0: Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours, full hours on Talk 94.5. I don't believe it.
4: uh, uh, Don't touch me. Hey, Ray. Hey, Sugar. Tell them who we are. Where we be rock singers we got golden fingers and we're loved everywhere we go that sounds like us we sing about beauty and we sing about truth at ten thousand dollars a show right we take all kind of pills to give us all kind of thrills but the thrill we never know is the thrill that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the rolling stone rolling stone wanna see my picture on the cover Stone, fly, fly, my mother. You yes! see my smile and face on the cover of the roll in That's a very very good idea.
1: <laughs> i got a Good morning everybody. Welcome back to Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It's a very good idea. 722 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on Saturday Morning Coffee, sharing your Saturday morning with us. You know, Glenn, we did something. You'll probably know this. I don't know. Did you listen to the uh, Liz Callaway show Friday? Uh,
2: bits and pieces. Bits and pieces. I had some appointment.
1: Well, you probably knew this already, but I want to go ahead and knock this off the stack uh, because I don't want to forget it because it is date sensitive. Um, and honestly, y'all, we have so much to talk about. There is. It is just phenomenal. You know, Glenn, I would often listen to. To Rush Limbaugh when Rush was with us mm-hmm. and there was a, a couple of years there where I just literally could not get through the day I just had to listen to him which kind of just kept him on in the background and I thought you know he does a three-hour show every day and I often wondered and, and then as I st- we started doing this show and, and I thought to myself you know and it's always been my experience I'm kind of a prepper I'm a, I mean listen practicing law it's all about prep uh, court time people don't understand because why is it so expensive to uh, litigate a case I'm absolutely for every hour I spend in court it takes about 20 hours uh, to get ready for that one hour. At least, that's probably a, a conservative estimate. And uh, it's, it's it's all about preparation. And I, as I we started doing this show, uh, now going on, I guess, three years, one of the things I realized pretty quickly is it this too, like so many things in life, is about preparation. And I, I've found that to me, different people will, you know, your mileage may vary. For me, it was kind of like, two hours of prep for every hour. If I wanted to do a good show and you can do a, like anything else, you can kind of just wing it. But if you wanted to do a good show, I found it two hours of prep was a, a good rule of thumb for every hour that we were on the air. We got a two hour show. It took me about four hours to get ready. If you wanted to do a really bang up show, it was three hours of prep time for every hour on there. You do the math. So that's six hours of prep to get ready for a two hour show. And I kept thinking to myself all, in, all along the way, as we were kind of figuring out this Saturday morning coffee thing. Think about somebody like Rush Limbaugh, who does a show three hours a day. If you assume that it takes two or three hours, now they've got a whole team Yeah, of people, I was going to say, you don't know, have that team. You know, uh, and that certainly makes a difference. But still, you've one thing I found, and the same thing's true about practicing law, you can have people do the work for you or mm-hmm. help you, mm-hmm. but you still got to internalize it. You know, you've got, to, you've got to own it at some point. You've got, you got to walk into the courtroom and talk about it. And you can't do that if you haven't internalized it. Right. And that takes time. That takes energy. That takes concentration. And, and so I kept thinking to myself, how in the world does Rush Limbaugh do a show that's three hours, because if he, he's got, just say it's, you know, three three hours of prep time for every three hours, that's 12 hours when you count the prep time in the show.
2: Mm-hmm. He
1: needs to sleep. You know, we're, I mean, it's only 24 hours in the day. We're running out of time, you know, 12 plus 8, 20. So we're down to, you know, four hours and we haven't eaten a bite yet, you know. And so I'm thinking to myself, how did he do that? But, you know, the, the longer we do this show and I'm thinking also, I kept asking myself, how does he find stuff to talk about? I think it's a sign that the world is just going off the rails. But, I mean, you can't turn on the radio for five minutes today or the TV uh, without getting a couple of hours of content. You know, it's just it's the craziness of the world that we live in. But, um, but anyway, um, I'm, I'm digressing and I'm taking valuable time. But anyway, it's one of the things that we did on the um, – we, we've got a lot to cover. And 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 there's just so much to talk about, so much happening in the world. But one of the things that I wanted to uh, make sure we covered today was yesterday. You probably know this already, whether you listen to Liz or not, was the 36th anniversary of.
2: Uh, the, uh, the uh, space, st- challenger. space challenger, yeah. 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 Space yeah. shuttle challenger.
1: Yeah. And, um, so we, we talked about that on the air and we talked about, you know, kind of where we were and, and, and everybody was kind of, it's kind of the situation where you can always remember where you were, if you mm-hmm. were alive. Like, you know, I was not alive when obviously Kennedy was assassinated, but people always said they'd never forget where they were. Yeah. You'll never forget where you were on nine I'll never forget where I was and I'll, I'll, you know, never forget where I you know, was when uh, the space shuttle Challenger uh, blew up because it was such a horrific yeah. and unprecedented event for most of us. Right. Um, you know, again, I was too young to remember the Apollo program. I know we had a fire in the Apollo program mm-hmm. that killed three astronauts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, but you know, it, it was just a horrific event, and it was such a tragedy. And uh, we wanted to uh, remember those guys today. Yesterday, Friday uh, the twenty eighth, was the thirty sixth anniversary yeah. of that accident. Hard, you to, know, hard I, to
2: believe. I remember the thing I remember most of the day of that day was the look on Krista McAuliffe's mother and father's face. Yes. Because they were in the stand. I remember the hat he was wearing. I remember everything about his face, uh, looking up at the sky as that thing exploded. Yeah.
1: Um, so I got a, um, a little clip here we want to share with you guys. Uh, it's a, again, uh, sort of a, a um, uh, an amalgamation of various clips that was put together found it online that talks about uh, the Challenger uh, anniversary of the accident so uh, just a, a few moments here on Saturday morning coffee in memory of the Challenger 7
2: it is with deep heartfelt sorrow that i address you here this afternoon at 11:40 a.m.
5: this morning space program experienced a national tragedy Four. With the explosion of the Space Shuttle Challenger, approximately a minute and a half after launch from here at the Kennedy Space Center.
1: Showing Crystal McAuliffe's parents in the stands. Good roll program confirmed. Challenger now heading down range. I've made nine wonderful friends over the last two weeks.
3: It's a great pleasure for us to be here. We expect weather like this on uh, Sunday when we launch, and you all do the best to keep it that way if you would. Engine's throttling up. Three engines now at 104%. Challenger, go and throttle up. Challenger, go and throttle
5: up. <laughs> We've had uh, negative conduct. We lost a FIDO, can we get any reports from recovery forces? That's trouble of some kind. Okay, everybody, stay off the telephones.
1: Showing everybody... At 73.191 seconds, a flash was observed between the ET and orbiter that was immediately followed by the start of total vehicle breakup at 73.213 seconds.
5: It took 2 minutes and 45 seconds for the crew cabin to hit the water. The impact speed was 207
1: miles an hour. And I want to share with you also, in addition to that, I also want to share with you um, the uh, remarks President Reagan.
5: We come together today to mourn the loss of seven brave Americans, to share the grief that we all feel, and perhaps in that sharing to find the strength to bear our sorrow and the courage to look for the seeds of hope. Our nation's loss is first a profound personal loss to the family, the friends, and the loved ones of our shuttle astronauts the best we can do is remember our seven astronauts our Challenger Seven remember them as they lived bringing life and love and joy to those who knew them and pride to a nation they came from all parts of this great country from South Carolina to Washington State, Ohio to Mohawk, New York Hawaii to North Carolina, to Concord, New Hampshire. They were so different, yet in their mission, their quest, they held so much in common. The future is not free. The story of all human progress is one of a struggle against all odds. We learned again that this America, which Abraham Lincoln called the last best hope of man on earth, was built on heroism and noble sacrifice. It was built by men and women like our seven star voyagers who answered a call beyond duty, who gave more than was expected or required, and who gave it little thought of worldly reward. Today, the frontier is space and the boundaries of human knowledge. Sometimes when we reach for the stars, we fall short, but we must pick ourselves up again and press on, despite the pain. Our nation is indeed fortunate that we can still draw on immense reservoirs of courage, character, and fortitude. But we're still blessed with heroes like those of the Space Shuttle Challenger. Dick, Mike, Judy, L, Ron, Greg, and Krista. Your families and your country mourn your passing. We bid you goodbye. We will never forget you. May God bless you all and give you comfort in this difficult time.
1: Remembering the Challenger 7. And you know, Glenn, I share that for two reasons. One, we should not forget those folks. Right. They are heroes. And the second thing is that is what a president sounds like.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. I was prepared. Speaking of prep, prepping the show this week, and I was thinking about all the bumbling nonsense that's come out of the president's mouth in the last yeah. two weeks since we've been in the studio. And you even get tired of parodying this president. It's yeah. it's just it's, – it's pathetic. That is what a president who wants to unite people and bring people up, that's what a president of the United States is supposed to sound like.
2: And my daughter went to uh, Chris McAuliffe Elementary School. Yeah. Um, and then uh, back in 2003 over Texas – uh, the, yeah. uh, Columbia. the Columbia spacecraft yeah. broke yeah. up. And yeah. that was because of a piece of foam that hit the tiles during takeoff. And they battled, what, for 13 days debating on whether or not to tell the crew or not the dangers of the reentry.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. So, remembering uh, the Challenger and the Columbia crews here this morning on Saturday Morning Coffee. Folks, stick with us. Got a lot to talk about. One more thing I wanted to say about that. We'll get to that after the break. Stick with us after these words from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Die. Don't leave town.
0: Text us, 843-798-TALK. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on TALK 94.5.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. We're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty. And Greg, if you represent a seller in this market, how do you help them determine what the right listing price is in a market such as this?
4: To determine the right listing price today, you have to look at the current pendings that are comparable. We don't even need to look at the closed sales because that's in the past. In an upward trending market that's going up this quickly, we look at homes that are on the market that are for sale or have just gone pending, and that's what we're basing our pricing on, but you have to be careful not to overprice. When the home is on the market for more than 25 to 30 days, people start wondering what's wrong. So you got to be careful not to overprice it.
1: Folks, that's great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand.
0: You see PCRX. We
2: have the right prescription for your PC. When
0: you have computer problems, your life stops, your work stops, everything stops. PCRX gets your computer and your life moving again. Diagnostics, consultation, virus removal, optimization. Call PCRX for PC service and repair in Conway.
6: PCRX. PCRX is the way to go. Call 488-4100.
0: Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Lab. On Talk 94.5.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 737 on your Saturday morning. Speaking of 737, got a story I want to update you guys on about your federal government flying illegal aliens around the country under cover of darkness in White Tail 737's. Biggest scandal of my lifetime, in my opinion, but we'll get to that. also want to remind you guys a little later in the show, actually coming up later this hour, in just a little bit, we're going to be talking to Pamela Evitt, Lieutenant Governor, so y'all stick around for that. Just a few minutes, she's going to be joining us on the show. We were earlier remembering uh, the Challenger 7 on this, the 36th anniversary, 36 plus one, one day ago was the 36th anniversary of the Challenger accident and wanted to also mention one other individual who uh, deserves mention in any discussion of the challenger explosion this uh, individual is alan j mcdonald his obituary appeared in the wall street journal earlier last year he passed away his obituary was uh, printed in the wall street journal march 30th 2021 i had actually clipped it uh, Glenn, it, was, it went into the stack uh, to be discussed as just a, uh, a, a gentleman of distinction who deserved to be remembered, uh, an honorable uh, individual who did what he could to fight for truth and, and, uh, and, and to expose truth. But we, didn't, we never got to it out of the stack, as uh, you guys are familiar with that problem. But uh, on this anniversary of the Challenger uh, disaster, it's worth noting he was an engineer. You know, there were a team of engineers at Morton Thiokol, who desperately, desperately maybe overstating it, but I think that's a fair assessment, who tried to warn NASA that the Challenger mission should not launch. Wall Street Journal had this to say about uh, Morton Thiokol engineer Alan McDonald. He said, you believe your superiors are trying to conceal an inconvenient truth. Do you blow the whistle or discreetly roll your eyes? This was the dilemma faced by Alan McDonald in February of 1986 when a presidential commission was investigating the explosion of the Challenger space shuttle, which killed all seven crew members a few weeks earlier. Mr. McDonald was an engineer for the maker of the solid fuel booster rockets. During a hearing, he believed an official of the National Aeronautics and Space Administration was glossing over a pre-launch debate on whether to proceed despite unusually cold temperatures at Cape Canaveral in Florida. Seated in the background, Mr. McDonald waved his hands. Sitting in the audience, folks, waved his hands. This is the Rogers Commission that Reagan uh, created. Waved his hands for attention and stood up. He told the commission that he and other engineers had warned that low temperatures might cause a failure of the synthetic rubber O-ring seals in the solid rocket booster joints. The commission later found that such a failure was responsible for the explosion and that NASA had brushed aside the warning that could have saved the seven astronauts. The engineer, again, Alan McDonald, who died March the 6th, this would have been March the 6th of last year, at age 83, was praised for speaking out but said he didn't feel like a hero. The only real heroes were the seven astronauts who went up in flames that day, he said. Mr. McDonald's uninvited uh, testimony was a shock to the commission appointed by President Ronald Reagan. In his memoir, Truth, Lies, and O-Rings, the engineer recalled the reaction from William Rogers, the chairman of the commission. Who the hell are you? Mr. McDonald introduced himself. Would you please come down here and repeat what you've just said, because if I heard what I think I heard, then this may be in litigation for years to come, Mr. Rogers said. That proved to be an accurate uh, forecast. Mr. McDonald maintained that NASA officials eager to go ahead with the launch applied pressure to his employer, Morton Thiokol, a point some of those officials disputed. Initial engineers who warned about the effect of cold weather on the seals were asked to prove that the situation could lead to a disaster. They could not do that, McDonald said, but that's not the same thing as saying it's safe to fly. Senior executives at Morton Thiokol, overruling their engineers, then gave NASA the answer that it wanted. Uh, Mr. Rogers thanked McDonald and other engineers for giving their side of the story. If their warnings had been heated that day and the flight had been delayed, there's no telling what might've occurred. We might have never had the accident. So they just goes on to talk about, um, you know, you, one man can make a difference, Glenn, if you're standing up for what you know to be true. And, uh, so on this anniversary of the Challenger, uh, accident, uh, disaster, um, the, uh, contributions, The efforts of Morton Thiokol engineer Alan McDonald uh, need to be uh, remembered as well. And, uh, by the way, you know, Morton Thiokol demoted him. Because he spoke out. Because he spoke out. And Congress found out about it. And they said, no, that ain't going to work. And so then Morton Thiokol um, uh, made him in charge, put him in charge of the program, of redesigning the solid rocket boosters. But which ultimately led to the restart of the program. Amen. But it said they, that he was plagued uh, for the rest of his years. Could he have done more? Right. Were there other things right. that he uh, that he uh, could have done? And uh, so um, but uh, just uh, uh, another example of that there are heroes in your midst, folks, and you never know when you're going to have an opportunity to stand up for the truth. And when, uh, you know, we're all called to stand up for the truth wherever we are and whatever our position but I uh, wanted to share that memory with you as well. Um, also wanted again teased it a little bit at the beginning of the uh, of the uh, episode or, or the segment, folks, but there is uh, ongoing efforts, uh, switching gears to a story that Fox News ran uh, this week. A leaked video shows federal contractors flying migrants to suburban New York, betraying the American people this uh, yesterday from Fox News. Uh, New York governor uh, candidate Rob Rob Astorino tells Tucker Carlson tonight he is running to ensure that the law is enforced and that his community is heard. Leaked video shows migrants being transported on secret charter flights under cover of night from the southern border states to Westchester, New York. The government is betraying the American people. A federal contractor tells a Westchester County police officer in a conversation recorded on the officer's body camera on the tarmac of the Westchester Airport on August 13, 2021. Have you seen these videos? Yes, I have. Of I mean, course, uh, CNN, the White House, they're saying
2: that these are from um, last year and that there was nothing secret about it. There are no secret plane, middle of the night plane flights or bus rides, but we've got proof that well, there is.
1: Okay, here's the question, Glenn. And I I saw the video, and we've got a little clip. We can uh, we can play it in just a moment if we have a second in this uh, segment. How are we doing on time? We're getting close. We're getting close. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I watched the video, and the first thing I noticed about the plane, because I've, I've done some work in aviation. Mm-hmm. In a prior season, I was an aviation lawyer. I still do a little bit of aviation work here and there. But back in the past, I worked uh, full-time for uh, an aviation concern uh, for a couple of years. And the first thing I noticed about the plane that was that's in the video, there's no marking on right. the aircraft. It's what we call uh, in the business a whitetail. Okay. You know, and every plane that operates in U.S. airspace is obviously supposed to have a registration number. Mm-hmm. Don't even see a registration number on it. You're supposed to look at that end number and be able to go online, look it up, and it's supposed to s- display that number. Now, I think it was probably on there somewhere, but it was not uh, – Prominent. Let's say that. So the first thing I noticed about the plane is it was basically uh, a whitetail. It was white from stem to stern Mm -hmm. and no markings on it. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, if we're going to fly these immigrants, let's assume there's a good reason to fly them up to the heartland or up to New York or Mm -hmm. Omaha or New York or Nebraska, wherever you want to fly them. Obviously, somebody's got a reason. We could speculate.
2: Probably reuniting them with their family. Yeah,
1: I'm sure there's yeah. – maybe to let them enjoy some snow skiing yeah. for the – I don't know, for a couple of weeks before we deport them. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just – who knows? But let's suppose there's a reason. But why wouldn't you just put them on a commercial flight? Glenn? Why wouldn't you rent a Delta jet? Why wouldn't you just go to, you know, some run-of-the-mill charter airline, rent a jet, and fly them up there? Right. The other question – the flights are happening at night. The flight lands at Westchester Airport, an airport that, as I understand it, doesn't typically operate into the wee hours of the night. They don't. It's a small airport. So you've got a whitetail airplane flying to Westchester, New York, under cover of darkness, operating at hours when the airport is not typically open. So there's not going to be people there. Okay. So, assuming that flying these folks to the heartland, that there's some legitimate reason to do this, why would you do it that particular way? Why would you fly them in the middle of the night on an airplane that looks like a, a CIA spy plane? Am I
2: No, you're not wrong.
1: I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> sounds sounds legit to me. I mean, this is crazy, folks. <laughs> this is nuts. Tucker was talking about it this week. We got a little clip. We'll talk a little bit more about it after the break. We're going to also be joined by Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett, going to be dialing in. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town.
0: Saturday Morning Coffee. Call the show at 843 903 2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. We're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty. And Greg, the question on everybody's mind these days, what is going on with this real estate market now?
4: We have just come off three straight months of rising single-family home inventory, coupled with three straight months of slightly decreasing home sales. So what that tells us is the beginning of the shift is on. That frenzied market we felt this summer is really over. With and we're at the beginning of a shifting market. So this means if you've been waiting, waiting for this continued run-up in the market, the time to get your property on the market is right now before things change more.
1: Folks, that's great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty, at 843-251-2693, or reach them online at GregSisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team. Your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand.
0: You're listening to the Grease Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. When there
4: ain't a thing in the world to take me back like a dark-haired girl. open signs, they may as well just close them
1: down. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.51 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sharing your Saturday morning with us here on the program. Just before the break, we were talking about these uh, repositioning flights, moving illegal aliens rapidly around the country on unmarked, Whitetail 737s under cover of darkness landing at small regional airports that aren't normally open after business hours. Who knows, folks? Maybe it's all completely normal. Maybe it's your government up to substantially no good and illegal activity. I don't know. You be the judge. My question, Glenn, if it's all normal, like CNN says, and it's not a secret, why are they doing it in the middle of the night on whitetail airplanes? I don't know. Operated by CIA contractors. What's up with that? Wouldn't commercial be cheaper? I, you would think. <laughs> yeah, I you would think. I don't know, man. I don't know. So, we had a little clip from Tucker. Tucker dealt with it. I'll post a clip from Tucker on the Saturday morning Facebook page. But right now, we got bigger fish to deal with. We got our own Lieutenant Governor, Pamela Evitt, on the phone. Don't want to keep her waiting. Lieutenant Governor Evitt was uh, in town this weekend for uh, a couple of events and wanted to come on the show and talk to us for a moment. So, we're always happy to have her on the show. Lieutenant Governor, good morning. How are you?
6: I'm doing great, Reese. I hope you are. I mean, in 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 beautiful sunny Myrtle Beach this morning, right? Yeah. With snow on the ground.
1: It's a winter. It's a winter wonderland.
6: <laughs> <laughs> you got it all. You'll have snow this morning. The sun will be out this afternoon. It, it, you have everything right here in Myrtle Beach. You could want.
1: We do. We do. And I will. I will say this. Uh, my wife and I were talking about it last night. We are ready for summer. It is one of those. It's been one of those winters. Uh, I think we all have a little bit of cabin fever. Um, so, uh, but we're ready for summer at the Boyd household. I'm, I'm sure y'all probably are as well.
6: Oh, we are too. That's for sure. And Reese, I had the pleasure of meeting not just your daughter yesterday, but your son at Myrtle Beach Christian Academy. Yes. You have lovely, lovely children. I think I embarrassed your daughter. I think she was like, oh, my goodness, Dad, what have you done? But, you know, that's our job. That's our job as parents. Yeah, that's it our job. Our kids humble. That's our job.
1: That's funny. That She she actually, you may have embarrassed her a tad, but she was more, <laughs> in, internally, she was more impressed than embarrassed. So I, they, they they were thrilled to death uh, to meet you, and, and thank you for uh Thank you for, listen, um, thank you for saying hi to my kids, but thank you for stopping by the school, which, uh, by the way, I noticed yesterday, interestingly enough, we've been talking about Challenger this morning, Was is on Ron McNair Boulevard, um, and we never mentioned Ron McNair specifically, but of course, Ron McNair was from South Carolina, Lake City, and uh, one of the Challenger 7. But thank you for stopping by Christian Academy. I just, I love what you do. I love when I see you getting out, and, 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 and because I tell you, the work that Christian Academy is doing is, is it's the Lord's work. I mean, we're raising up kids who can, who can move this country forward. And we need those kinds of kids, uh, in the future. We're going to need them sooner rather than later.
6: You're absolutely right. And what a great group and a great staff. Um, I was very impressed you know, this is, this is a uh, school choice week, right? Yeah. And this is something that the governor and I have been, Uh, proud to champion since we've been in office is giving parents the power to be able to choose what is best for their children. And uh, what a great school we've seen during COVID, the amazing growth there. And it's a STEM school, Reese. I mean, the governor and I were with a a engineering association just the day before and heard from them like what, you know, their cries of how are we going to create the next engineers, the engineers of the future, and it starts with great STEM school. So you know, on top of it being a great school rooted in great uh, thoughts and religious foundation, it's a STEM school, and yeah. they're encouraging girls to get involved in STEM. I mean, they have they have checked so many boxes. I'm going to definitely tell their story across our state.
1: Yeah, we have. We are, of course, uh, proud parents. But just uh, if as a just commentator, I've been so impressed by. Uh, the work that I see being done there, the care that the students, uh, that the t- teachers, the faculty, the staff have uh, for their students. And, and, you know, one of the things that I think is, is so important about choice, and I formerly was on the uh, public charter school district school board. And, and so I've always been interested in, in charter schools and educational opportunities for people. I think that seems to me that is the civil rights issue of our time. As, we should make opportunities like Christian a- Academy uh, available to anybody who wants to take advantage of them.
6: You're absolutely right. You know, I um, there's so many things going on. This is such a positive thing. You, know, you were talking about, you know, in the dead of night and people getting moved around our country, and I keep hearing that more and more. And this morning, I'm here in Myrtle Beach, and I'll be speaking in the next few minutes with um, directors from across the state with day
5: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
6: Uh, and, and, you know, that's the other part of this, you know, we're not, not just that we're seeing people coming flooding across our border. We're seeing fentanyl just pouring across our border. And you talk about, uh, a big problem. You know, they're, they're seizing 10 times the amount of fentanyl as they did a year ago. Uh, you talk to law enforcement, the amount of people that they're narcanning. I mean, this is, this is one of those other dark secrets, Reese, that nobody's talking about at the border. Uh, the governor has talked about it a lot. We can, you know, we still have our state guard troops helping maintain the border, but there are so many things happening down at the border that are not being talked about, that are being hidden over, that are being glazed over, that you're not seeing, that the media is not handling right. And and yeah. now we have we have our vice president, you know, going to Honduras to try to find the root cause of the problem. Yeah. Really, I mean. The, the root the, part of the problem is socialism. Yeah. Those people some of them are escaping. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of males, young males by themselves that we continue now to see that's who that's who they're moving around. These aren't families like we were being told initially, right? They were yeah. families searching for a better life that want better yeah. lives for their kids, which heck that's why my grandparents came here, but they came over in a whole different way. It was that wait your turn. The legal way you have to have your papers in order
1: the the biden administration seems to be more concerned about the territorial integrity of ukraine than the territorial integrity of texas of the united states it's it's insanity and and how is that not illegal you know well
6: i i am hoping that people are seeing the
1: hypocrisy
6: you know it is so blatant now like i hope it's not so blatant that people are saying i can't be witnessing what i'm witnessing
1: Yeah. well uh Lieutenant Governor, I know you've got a lot to do today and you only had a little bit of time, but listen, I want to thank you for touring our schools and and just making our community a priority and and spending as much time down here as you do. And I want you to come back on the show again because we only had a few minutes with you, but uh, have a great day and come back on the show anytime, please.
6: Well, Reese, I will. I'll be back down here in a few weeks, and I'll do my normal. Stop in, bring a cup of coffee, and do the show with you in the morning in the next few weeks. But I'll let you know.
1: All right. That sounds great, folks. It's Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evitt. Have a great day, uh, Lieutenant Governor, and and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon.
6: You too. Everybody be safe out there.
1: Take care. Folks, it's uh, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evitt here on Saturday Morning Coffee. And after these words from our sponsors and a news break, we'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Hi everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, why would folks be well served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning?
3: Reese, wrapping your wealth around your purpose is not just a slogan. It is the heart and soul of our firm, and how we do that is getting to know you and making sure you know your purpose. Then our keep more strategy is deployed. We want you to keep more so you can spend more, and then you can give more, and then one day you can leave more. And just this year, Pile Financial Services was recognized as the number one company in the
1: country with our broker-dealer out of Dallas, Texas. It's Pile Financial Services. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Pile Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose.
0: Double from the Tide Law Studios. This is Talk 94.5.
7: Liz Calloway here for Conway Ford, your hometown dealership. 2021 was a different kind of year for the automotive industry. We experienced many uncertainties, but we made it through thanks to you. Thank you for your business and continued support. Thank you for giving to a worthy cause and helping our community. Most importantly, thank you for joining the Conway Ford family. As our way of saying thanks, we're taking thousands off the MSRP On any new vehicle in stock, Conway Ford, exceeding expectations every day.
0: Thanks for waking up with Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.
1: Everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. You've made it to the bonus second cup hour of Saturday Morning Coffee. I hope that second cup of coffee is treating you just as well as the uh, first. By the way, Glenn, I don't see any coffee on that side of the glass. You, uh, you uh, doing okay? Oh, you got it. Okay. All right. What are we drinking this morning? Uh,
2: today it's actually Colombian from Costco.
1: Colombian from Costco. Uh, yeah. By the way, speaking of coffee, oh, I saw you were going to bring up Costco. You know, I get excited. You get excited. Yeah. Costco. You're a grocery guy. What yeah. what's exciting at Costco these days? I haven't been in a while, except for gas. I get my gas there.
2: Yeah, but. a lot of people get their gas. Have you noticed how backed up that area gets?
1: You have to time it. Yeah. If you go at the wrong time, yeah. you wait in a line.
2: Yep. And there's people lining up before they even open.
1: Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, you, so. First, first of business is not the good time to go because. Yeah there always there's always a line. I'm like I don't I, I don't get the wait in line bit. I mean, I I like buying gas at Costco when right. I can drive up to the pump and I'm not waiting in line to buy gas. I'm right. sorry.
2: And um quite honestly, the only thing that I've noticed lately about Costco is there's not as much furniture as there normally is this time of year, and that's because of you know, logistics. The logistics. Living. Yeah.
1: Now, but now uh President Biden has the uh, ports of Long Bay and Los Angeles working 24-7 around the clock. So he was going to nip that in the bud. So you're telling me we're still having supply chain issues? Yeah, Yeah, we're having some supply chain issues. Shocker. Shocker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, By the way, folks, uh, Jason from Conway checking in on the pcrxcomputers.com text line with some very funny memes this morning that unfortunately cannot be shared on the radio due to certain FCC guidelines. But Jason, thank you for sharing. Uh, our own Tom Heron checking in on the pcrxcomputers.com text line. James from Myrtle Beach checking in. Thank you guys uh, for joining us here on the show. Um, always appreciate the uh, contribution of our listeners. And, and, Jason, those are very funny. I'll just leave it uh, there. You guys know you're being tracked. Every, uh, yeah. <laughs> every vehicle is uh, in, in, embedded with a GPS chip, and the only way you can get rid of that chip is to clip that little antenna that sticks out <laughs> through the rim on each of your four tires. Yeah. It's a... It feels a little squishy, like it might have air pressure behind it. But if you'll clip that antenna, according to Jason, you won't be tracked. So, Uh. Uh, Read an interesting piece this week on The Daily Signal. uh, 1.6 million Redditors who want to abolish work. Hmm, Sounds rather interesting, rather utopian. Uh, That's uh, by Douglas Blair over at The Daily Signal. Douglas is going to be joining us a little bit later this hour on Saturday Morning Coffee. So stick around. For that, there is just, uh, again, so much to talk about, folks. I'm going to leave the issue of uh, your government. Remember, Glenn, this is your government, your Department of, quote, Homeland Security, FEMA, flying illegal aliens around the country in the middle of the night for reasons we know not why, your tax dollars, hard at work. Flying them into rural airports that aren't usually open at night, in aircraft that aren't marked, unmarked, white tail aircraft operated by CIA contractors. Why is
2: that going on? Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki says there's nothing happening. There's no, you know, you guys are, let's just listening too much Fox News. That's the, that's a okay. We're
1: talking about body cam footage. Yeah. And I was going to move on, but let's from just a police officer from a police officer. <laughs> Westchester County Police Department, who went to the airport because a plane landed and they have security concerns about their community because there's a plane that, again, we're talking about an airport that's normally closed at night. And suddenly the airport springs to life, a 737 lands, and a bunch of young people start pouring off the airplane, getting on buses. For destinations that nobody knows, and they don't tell anybody. Um, and you just saw in, what was it,
2: Pennsylvania the other day, an ICE. They, the, the news, I think it was Fox News, found out that ICE was going to be just tri- dropping off some people off of a bus. And they went, and sure yeah. enough, there was all all single men, some with mo- uh, ankle monitors on them. Yeah. To, to, so they want to monitor and know where they are, Like, I don't think you can get those off, right? So... I mean, it is happening.
1: I mean, if a plane landed, let's just say, let's put it a little closer to home. If a plane landed in the middle of the night mm-hmm. at Myrtle Beach International Airport, unscheduled flight, not on any flight roster, not on FlightAware, not on the billboard, not on the internal flight signs at the airport, white tail aircraft lands at Myrtle Beach International Airport in the middle of the night and people start pouring off, don't you think maybe Chief Proc would be maybe nervous about that if she didn't know what was going on? Nobody nobody said anything that just... Plane just shows up and people start pouring out. Don't you think Sheriff Thompson maybe have something to say about I that, hill? that?
2: I would have thought that they would have gotten intercepted by a military aircraft. You know, what are
1: you doing? Yeah. You know. So, and again, if it's all on the up and up and there's nothing to hide, why are we not doing it in broad daylight? On, on, on commercial flights or charter flights that are on established charter airlines yeah. that everybody knows who they are. I mean, those, those, those companies exist. I, I used to work for one. They're out there. You can, you can fly people. You can go rent a plane tomorrow, fly people across the country in broad daylight if you want to. It takes a little cash, but you can be done. And I can assure you, uh, the CIA contractor is not flying these people for free.
2: Right. Yo, the Democrats are spending our money like crazy.
1: Uh, it's, it's bizarre, folks. And if it's happening, they are thwarting the U.S. code specifically the immigration provisions of the U.S. Code, they are thwarting the border integrity of, of the United States. They are, they are thwarting the established laws of Congress, duly signed by the president, which are established to protect you and me and to protect our country. That's what they're doing. They're thwarting the rule of law openly flaunting the rule of law that's my theory until somebody convinces me otherwise if you're if you are if you are the leader of the Department of Homeland Security if you're in a managerial position and you participate in this program as a federal employee and you knowingly break the law you should be prosecuted just like anybody else and and frankly you should lose your federal you should lose your job you should lose your federal pension and you should be prosecuted like a criminal how i mean do do government employees get a license to break the law of course not. I mean, if a police officer breaks the law, if he if he seizes drugs that are if he wrongfully takes evidence, drugs home that he are seized in a bust and he sells them on the street. What do we do with that police officer? We arrest him. We right. put him in jail. Well, he is obviously more concerned about the
2: neighbor's border than his own here at home. He's like the Mrs. Kravitz of the neighborhood. Yeah. More more interested in what's going on in in. In Ukraine and in Russia than paying attention to what is happening here with the borders. Right here. And he assigned assigned that to his vice
1: president, who has done nothing. But she's going to get to the root cause. You just give her time. She's going to get to the root cause. uh, We know the root cause. Yeah. It's called an invitation from the president. Right. Poor people of the world, please come. Yeah. If I'm elected, our doors are open. Yeah he told them to come they they're interviewing people at the border and they're saying we're here because the president invited us glenn mm-hmm. i mean this y'all this is crazy town this is this is the train to crazy town and we may have passed the last stop i'm not sure All right um they're telling people at the border that the reason they're here is because the president invited them and by the way border towns along the texas border along our southern border mm-hmm. they're now local law enforcement Protecting the territorial integrity of Texas and the United States has now fallen to local law enforcement of the border counties of Texas. They're now arresting illegal aliens for simple trespass Mm -hmm. because the federal government won't do it. Mayorkas goes to the border. What do the border agents do? They turn their back on him because he's not doing his job. And if and if he's implicit in all this, he should lose his job. He should lose his pension. Whatever else he gets from the federal government. I mean, you should not have a license to break the law just because you work for the government. It's insanity.
2: Well, and then yesterday, um, the president of Ukraine basically told Biden, chill out. Chill out, dude. Stop. Yeah. It is not as bad as you are making out to be. And he actually called out the media in the United States.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is the definition of insanity, folks. If I didn't know better, I would say if I was just a bystander. Watching this planet from afar, I would say that right now, the United States of America, based on the stuff coming out of the mouth of its leaders, ha- has a very low self-esteem problem, mm-hmm. has a death wish. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost it's it's. you want another you want to hear another blatant irony before we go to a break. Sure. President has no problem advancing a boycott of Georgia because of what Georgia did. OK, right. in terms of sports. Right. And and Major League Baseball got no problem boycotting Atlanta for the All Star Game. Can't have the Atlanta game. Can't have the Atlanta game because of what? Well, let's boycott Georgia. But he's got no problem uh, investing in the China Olympics, where we know genocide. Two administrations, two State Departments have said genocide is an ongoing thing in the PRC. But yet he's not. He has no interest in a sports sports boycott of the People's Republic of China. Yeah. But Georgia, that's a different story. Hmm. So it's insanity, folks. It's categorical insanity. It's almost like the nation just wants to implode upon itself. If you uh, if you listen to what comes out of the mouth of this president and our VP and Peppermint Patty and everybody else, folks, it's Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. After these words from our sponsors, we'll be right back with more. Don't leave town.
0: more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services
3: reese pamela and i have always cherished that we get to live on the coast of south carolina what a privilege it is to serve our friends and neighbors along the grand strand and beyond with clients in 27 states and just this year pile financial services was recognized as the number one company in the country with our broker dealer out of dallas texas As we look to celebrate and ring in the new year, now is the time to review your financial relationships. 2022 could be a year of much volatility with elections, midterms, and potential tax law changes. If you don't have an advisor you trust, call Pile Financial Services at 843-945-4480
1: or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Pile Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd here in the podcast studio. And today on Saturday Morning Coffee, for this edition of the show on the podcast only, we're going to try a little something new. We've talked about doing giveaways on the podcast. So for today, in our initial attempt at doing a little giveaway on the podcast, we're going to announce the following email address, SMC at gmail.com. If you'll send an email to that address with the following in the subject line, I love the SMC podcast, exclamation point. Send us an email to SMC at gmail.com with the following in the subject line, I love the SMC podcast, exclamation point. The first five people to do that are going to get Uh, Starbucks gift cards and a Saturday morning coffee mug. Be sure to include a mailing address in the email so that we'll know where to find you. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast and enjoy the rest of Saturday morning coffee.
0: The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5.
4: In a cave below the ground Way down It's cold and it's dark But I it know his way around And the mazes of the underground Are no match for him But it looks just like a traveler Who hasn't showered in a while And been living in the ground Milo is your best friend He's your second cousin, of roads lead to, he's a rising sun. Milo is a long, long way from home, yet. Milo is a name you won't forget. Milo, I haven't met
1: yet. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 822 on your Saturday morning. By the way, Glenn did not thank... The lieutenant governor. I want to thank the lieutenant governor for joining us in a, a little bit earlier on the show. Always great to have her here on the program. She drops by from time to time. Spent some time out at uh, Christian Academy yesterday and is doing some uh, other business meetings here in town today. She is so good about supporting uh, Oree County and the PD. She is, yes, she is. she is. She is really excellent. Mm-hmm. You know, um, South Carolina's had a female governor before, at least one. Nikki Haley was. Was Nikki Haley the only one? I think so. I think so.
2: Yeah. But but I, I think you would make a good, you know, um, asset to her if she ever becomes governor. I you, think we're
1: going to have another one.
2: Well, you said uh, at that's one my point prediction. that you'd like to work for her.
1: At some point, we will uh, – I think she's great. <laughs> um, I think we'll have another lieutenant uh, – another lieutenant. Lieutenant Pam. I think we'll have another governor who is female. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing. Yep. Uh, Speaking but. We're not going to make her governor because she's, she's a female, or, or because, yeah. we are going to make her a governor because she is a woman of, she is a person of character. She's a POC. She has a great track record. She is a person of character who cares about the family, cares about conservative principles and conservative values, and is going to do the right thing in the office. And that's all you should be. That's all you should be concerned about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you think the president was
2: wrong for coming out and saying he was going to? Place a Supreme Court justice with a black
1: woman. Perfect segue, Glenn. Perfect segue. Ding ding. Well, it, it's concerning. Yeah, because the next item on the bit, uh, up on the docket is uh, race, gender, and Supreme Court. Excellent piece that appeared in the, in the uh, Wall Street Journal just yesterday. Uh, yeah, it's concerning. And think about this. I know actually one of our own federal court judges here in South Carolina, Michelle Childs, is is one of the on the short list supposedly. And, and it makes sense because, you know, the whole the whole leverage thing, as the Wall Street Journal talks to, came about because of a deal that Biden made with Congressman Jim Clyburn here in mm-hmm. South Carolina uh, to get Clyburn's endorsement in the South Carolina primary, which was instrumental. I mean, uh, don't forget, there was a while in the presidential primary contest that Biden was not looking very strong. And he, <laughs> yeah. to put it mildly, he doesn't look strong today, but it looked like he might be they were going to give up the ghost. And he scored a victory in South Carolina. That was that's that was instrumental. So what you take from that is Jim Clyburn was instrumental in making Joe Biden president of these United States. Take that for what it's worth. Uh, but now Michelle Childs, who's a very capable judge, by the way, she's a federal district judge here in South Carolina. She's on the short list. But, you know, to me, the problem that I have, Glenn, this is insulting for everybody involved. It's yeah. in, it's insulting for the justice Who ultimately gets selected. Well, I mean, they keep throwing it out there like
2: black individuals can't get a driver's license. Therefore, we need to change our voting laws. They just keep throwing out race after race. And it is it doesn't look good. It leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth.
1: It makes everybody feel worse about where we are. Yeah, it does. And it creates dissension. It creates division. And we've said this many times, a leader, by definition, y'all, is not somebody who creates division among the ranks. If you are creating division among your ranks, you are a lot of things, but you are not a leader. Right. And the Democrats have demonstrated time and time again. And Joe Biden is textbook case book example par excellence that they are willing to divide this country if it serves their expedient political aims of the moment. I believe with all my heart, with all my being, those knuckleheads would sell this country down the river if it could get them an election victory. They wouldn't really care. I don't think they care. That's the real problem I have with Democrats today, Glenn, because for much of our lifetime, I felt like the Democrats and the Republicans both had the best interest of the country at heart. They just had somewhat different ideas about how we should achieve those ultimate aims. That was
2: pre-Obama years. But that was
1: that was yeah, that Mm -hmm. was back in the day. Of Ronald Reagan and right. Tip O'Neill, right? Those days are gone, yeah. and these knuckleheads on the left, the progressive left of today, I, I don't even. There are some of them, uh, AOC. I don't even think they share the same aims. Uh, Ilhan Omar, they don't share the same aims for the country that we have always, in uh, since time immemorial, honored and, and held up. But the Wall Street Journal yesterday had an excellent piece entitled Race, Gender and the Supreme Court. Uh, Mr. Biden pledged during the 2020 South Carolina primary campaign to select a black woman for the court. As a way to win the support of influential Representative Jim Clyburn, the gambit worked. Mr. Clyburn Clyburn endorsed. Mr. Biden won the Palmetto State, and he went on to defeat Donald Trump. I might have said there he went on to become president. I'm not sure if I would have written it that way. The president reiterated his black woman pledge this week, and he was criticized by many, including us, for putting identity politics above qualifications. Mr. Shapiro, a, a scholar at the Cato incident, Institute took to Twitter with his comment commentary on Wednesday. Objectively, the best pick for Biden is Sri Srivansan, who is a solid progressive and very smart, even has identity politics benefit of being first Asian Indian American. Mr. Shapiro wrote, Mr. Srinivasan is the chief judge of the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. But alas, doesn't fit into the latest intersectionality hierarchy, so we'll get a lesser we'll get lesser black woman, Mr Shapiro wrote that uh again is uh, uh Ilya Shapiro at the Cato Institute. Well, you can imagine how the left responded to that tweet, Mr. Shapiro. Triggered the rage. Again, this from the Wall Street Journal uh, published yesterday. Mr. Shapiro triggered the rage of the legal left, which is, as ever, playing the race card. The carpet, the carping over Biden's Supreme Court pledge is historically inaccurate and racially triggered. uh, Declared a headline over at The Washington Post by deputy editorial page editor Ruth Marcus. Racially tinged. We guess that's what you write if you want to accuse someone of racism. But no, it would be a canard to say so. Mr. Shapiro was endorsing a minority candidate in his tweet, albeit an Asian who is a man. He also apologized for his ugly choice of words. But the racial tinge was applied by Mr. Biden in announcing his criteria for selection. Is it taboo to use the racial litmus test in your commentary when the president himself has announced the racial litmus test explicitly? That's the question. He's only applying the same standards that the president has announced in announcing the pick. And and by the way, I've got a little bit of a theory here, Glenn. Okay. Stephen Breyer didn't even announce this retirement. He was like the last on board, apparently. It it appeared to be, they've been driving around D.C. with a truck, encouraging him to retire. uh, A left, a, a progressive left group, and There was speculation all through the media that he was going to retire, and it was actually sort of quasi-announced before Breyer himself announced it. So it does make you wonder, and I've got a theory that the Biden administration has been taking it on the chin. The economy's in shambles. Inflation's at a 50-year high. They decided, you know what, We we need a Supreme Court spectacle to throw some red meat to our base, so let's get one of our justices off the court, and I think Breyer must have drawn the short straw the only thing I can imagine because they're not going to get a a conservative justice to retire, obviously. So anyway, (laughs) it it is a shambles, folks, and it's a a huge step backwards. And it really makes you wonder. And I'm thinking to myself, if you're the justice who ultimately gets picked, is it not insulting if you are the individual ultimately who gets picked that at least on some level, everybody knows that the reason you were picked Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the the color of your skin and the body parts that you have or don't have. I mean, that's what we're coming to. And here's another theory that I have. I think this may be a backdoor way that Biden gets to pack the court, because what is he going to do when the Pacific Islanders say, oh, well, we Pacific Islanders, we need a justice from American Samoa or I mean, you name your group. There's America has always been a melting pot. Well, we've got hundreds of, of groups we've got you know uh, New York underwater bead stackers you know what I mean you name it we've you've got a gazillion groups out there that are now going to say well we need our justice on the Supreme Court this is uh, by definition uh, a big step backwards folks by the way there's a supreme court case that's of interest i'll bring it up after the break we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more saturday morning coffee i'm reese boyd that's glenn die don't leave town
0: saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour is now two full hours more reese coming up next on talk 94.5
1: Hi everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. We're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team, eXp Realty. And Greg, you've been in this market for over 24 years locally. How does that experience translate to benefit your clients? You're right, Reese, doing this for 24 years. We've learned a few things and we
4: specialize in better communication, giving our clients more peace of mind and just handling all the details, streamlining the process.
1: So how do you coach a buyer who's involved in an environment where there are multiple offers being submitted? for properties that are moving quickly.
4: You've got to have a buyer that absolutely has to have the property, meaning the motivation is there. Going in strong with terms and price is the way you win in this market. Folks,
1: that's great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Saturday morning coffee.
0: The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. full hours on Talk 94.5.
4: If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, If you're trying to feel the same old. There's a better life, there's a better life If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way-maker If you need freedom, save it He's a prison-shaking savior If you got chains, he's a
0: chain-breaker
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, 836 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on the program. Just before the break, we were talking about an excellent piece in the Wall Street Journal entitled Race, Gender, and Supreme Court. And I have have maintained, folks, that... uh, This administration is doing uh, dastardly harm to this country and to our body politic by uh, playing the race card individually. You know, it seems sometimes, Glenn, it's like the only card they've got, like the whole deck. Yeah. Every card has got the race. Got a couple jokers in there, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, But the Journal ended their piece, fine piece, with this point. The larger issue in all this concerns the debate over whomever Mr. Biden chooses to join the select group of nine for now. Justices again. Biden has repeatedly suggested, threatened, slashed, insinuated that he'd like to expand the Supreme Court uh, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, uh, Mr. Biden. But for now, we've got nine. We we need to make it stay that way. Uh, by the way, It'd be a disaster, a complete disaster. Uh, To expand the court. Uh, Mr. Biden and his allies can't say he's choosing a nominee explicitly on the basis of race. And and I would add and gender and then try to intimidate critics by claiming any criticism of the nominee is racist or racially tinged as the wall, as the Washington Post uh, indicated. The court and the public deserve a robust debate about the nominee, whether black, white, Asian, man, woman, woman. Whatever. And to that, I would only say ding, ding. Uh, There's an interesting case, folks. Uh, You know, by the way, there are cases pending before the court uh, challenging uh, by Asian-Americans brought by Asian-American plaintiffs challenging the admissions policies of various uh, educational institutions, I believe, including Harvard and our own uh, the University of North Carolina. And the theory being that these folks are being blatantly and explicitly discriminated against because they are Asian-Americans. And I would argue that it's true. By the way, there was a case in 2003 that was filed against the University of Michigan Michigan, for exactly the same things. Justice Sandra Day O'Connor wrote the opinion in that 2003 case, and she said – and the court therein said uh, the University of Michigan could consider race as a consideration – when it was evaluating applicants to the University of Michigan. This is in 2003. Uh, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor wrote the opinion, majority opinion for the court. Race could be considered as a factor, but it could not be the only factor, and it couldn't be the dominant factor. certainly couldn't be the only factor, but it couldn't be the dominant factor, but it could be a consideration. But the court also, in that language, has some interesting Uh, The court in that decision also has some interesting language. They say in that decision, O'Connor's opinion says in that decision that the court anticipates within 25 years, thinking, assuming that we're going to continue to make progress, continue to heal the wounds of the past that have scarred this nation, no doubt, but that hopefully over time, with politics, uh, politicians who make wise decisions and lead us together in a unifying way and do not divide us, the court assumed in that 2003 University of Michigan decision that in 25 years, they actually say in 25 years, we anticipate that race will no longer be a consideration in college admissions. We'll do the math, folks. 2003, 25 years, 2028. They expected at that time That by 2028, in six years, that race would no longer be a consideration in college admissions. The Supreme Court said that. But now, Asian Americans suing Harvard and the University of North Carolina explicitly because they're being discriminated against. You know, and I would argue, Glenn, that race relations are probably worse now in many ways than they were in 2003. Um. That's one of my great regrets. You know, I didn't vote for um, President Obama. But one of my great regrets of that eight years is I felt like I thought, well, I didn't vote for him. But I think Obama was going to be – I thought Obama was going to be our first post-racial president. Yeah. The president that proved finally that we had overcome the, you know, the ghosts Right. Of Jim Crow, the ghost of our segregationist past, the ghost of the Civil War, and that America could move forward to a truly unified post-racial future. How did that work out? How did that work out, folks? A huge missed opportunity by President Obama. And I think history will record that. History will judge that. Um, But and by the way, folks, one final thought in closing. If we're ever going to get beyond this, if we're ever going to achieve what Martin Luther King said was a colorblind society, a nation where people, children, citizens of all ages are judged by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin, we're going to have to stop treating people differently based on the color of their skin. And government has to model that behavior for its citizens you cannot compel your citizens to do one thing which is treat everybody the same and then explicitly discriminate among people give refunds to some people and not to others do admit some people to college but not others based on the color of their skin you can't have it both ways yep and stop with the pronouns yeah you don't get your own pronoun yeah you got a pronoun at yeah. birth you get yeah. to keep it yeah it's a privilege of birth yeah. um,
2: Because mine would be handsome and dashing or something. You are a dashing. I would have a pronoun that was You are the dashing,
1: Dr. Glendie. But, uh, folks, um, do we have a caller on the line? Yeah, we do. Yeah, well, I caught a a very interesting piece, uh, folks, this week on the Daily Signal. Uh, Meet 1.6 million Redditors who want to abolish work. Folks, we've been talking on this program about how many things are haywire. We've been paying people, among other things, not to work, which ultimately, again, not good if you're concerned about the future of the country. But I caught a piece uh, to this week in The Daily Signal, again, by uh, The Daily Signal's Douglas Blair, entitled 1.6 Million uh, Redditors Don't Want to Work. It said Reddit, uh, the Reddit uh, group Anti-Work is one of the most active forums on the popular social media site Reddit. It promotes itself as a subreddit for those who want to end work, yet tries to argue that it isn't against jobs or labor, and uh, this group, folks, before you before you start laughing, uh, this Reddit group, this community on Reddit, has 1.6 million uh, active participants, among among who 60.2 thousand are actively not working, and uh, it says uh, you. Uh, w- some of the questions and answers on this groups include, without work, a society can't function, right? And then they say, well, if you define work as any activity purposefully intended towards some goal, then sure, but that's not how we define it though. We're not against effort, labor, or being productive. We're against jobs as they are structured under capitalism and the state, against exploitive exploitative economic relations, against hierarchical social relations at the workplace. So all of you hierarchical, structural folks, pay attention. You got 1.6 million folks out there on Reddit who are not happy. And uh, uh, Douglas Blair wrote a great piece about it this week on the uh, Daily Signal. We'll post a, a link to it. But also, not only that, Doug joins us here online. Doug, good morning. How are you?
7: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me.
1: Yes. Always a pleasure to uh, to hear from uh, you uh, folks at the Daily Signal. What What caught your attention? How did you figure out uh, what these folks were up to on Reddit? Sure.
7: So as one of the younger generation, I am terminally online. I'm continuously looking at this kind of stuff. And as somebody that browses this site quite frequently, I was realizing that this is not something that was going away. This was actually a thing that you would just be scrolling through your feed and somebody would say, you know, hey, work is terrible. Isn't capitalism the most awful thing ever? You know, we need to abolish the concept of work and jobs. And this was just something that kept popping up more and more and more and more. And so what we were finding is this subreddit, after I did some research, was actually one of the most popular subreddits on the site, that this was something that more and more people were joining every day. So this is a concept that sort of bleeds out from the internet into the real world, where, as you were mentioning, there are people out there that are discussing, well, we need to get away from work. We need to have the government just take care of us. We need to have you know, these, this money just given to us for, for being alive. And of course that leads to pretty dire consequences.
1: This, this sounds like just a rehash of Marxism is, is it, is that fair enough?
7: Absolutely. I mean, you were reading on the piece a little bit about how there are sort of this, this examples of communism and socialism. One of the things that's fascinating to me is they use this term under capitalism right they're not against labor they're not against jobs or being productive they're just against capitalism because capitalism in and of itself is exploitative that's classic marxism we're seeing here that this is like trying to code a popular concept of like hey i'd like to maybe work a little less or i'd like to have a little more control over my work life and they're coding it as well you just hate capitalism right you don't hate work you hate capitalism so that's where it's very insidious right we're seeing that this concept that was becoming very popular during the pandemic of maybe shifted work is now being, Oh, well, you know, we can maybe just get rid of work entirely. How
1: how many people you probably can hazard a guess, how many of these 1.6 million do you think have traveled to Venezuela?
7: <laughs> I would say it's probably, I could count it on one hand. Yeah. I, again, I do think that a lot of people haven't been exposed to the reality of communism. They know it from, what they see online. They know it from what candidates like Andrew Yang have told them that com- or Bernie Sanders, that communism is just when the government gives you free stuff. They don't see that it's, you know, bread lines hours and hours long. They don't see that it's empty store shelves. They don't see that it's neighbor fighting neighbor for increasingly scarce resources. They just see it as I want free college.
1: Yeah. They never drove a ZD or a Yugo. I can assure you of that. You know I mean, Absolutely. you know, one of the things, um, you see this in the a lot of polling uh, that comes out, uh, Doug. There is, among younger folks, an increasing acceptance, appreciation for socialism. and But yet it, it defies all the evidence. I mean, all you have to do is pick up a history book of the Soviet Union and read an accurate history of what transpired there or look at Cuba, look at modern-day Venezuela, and the evidence speaks for itself. So how do you explain that? I mean, what what— have we gone stupid as a race or what's the rational explanation
7: i just again i think that these people have been lied to i think that they are given the impression that communism is the only way to go forward right they look at europe they look at scandinavia they look at places like denmark and they say things like well i want that for me i think again if people do recognize What communism is, if they're told and they're shown and they're actually given examples, we do start to see that communism or support for communism goes down. But, I mean, put yourself in their shoes. If you've been raised since childhood, your childhood teacher goes to you and says, you know, Marx was pretty cool. He's great. You know, white people were terrible. You go up to middle school, same thing. You go up to high school, same thing. College, don't even get me started on how – Communist-friendly colleges, and then so you've been told your entire life that socialism and communism are really good things. You go out into the real world, and you say, "Well, communism is fine."
1: Yeah. What What's the solution in your mind? Is there Is there a solution? How do you How do you fix uh, a large segment of the population that seems enamored with a with a failed doctrine? How do you fix that?
7: Well, I'm going to give you something that's probably like a, a good indication of where we're at here. Uh, a couple of days ago, the head moderator for Anti-Work went on Fox News. He interviewed with Jesse Waters, and it was a train wreck. The guy looked like he was 30, living in his mom's basement. He, was, he indicated that he worked about 10 hours a week as a dog walker, and he still thought that that was too much. I mean, it was, it was kind of eye-opening to a lot of people who watched this interview That this is the face of anti-work. This isn't the face of somebody who's well-adjusted, who has a happy career. He looked miserable. Uh, He looked disheveled. I I think that a lot of people just kind of expect the best when they don't see another person on the other side of the computer screen. But when they were exposed to what this actually was, it was very jarring. They were like, oh, my God, I don't want that to be me. So anti-work started to actually take a hit. So I think what we're seeing is again, it's just the sunlight theory. Sunlight is the best disinfectant. You expose it to the world. You say this isn't all sunshine and rainbows. It's not the government gives you free stuff. It's you're living in your parents' basement at 30. You look like crap and nobody wants to hang out with you. So that's the reality, right? Like yeah. if you were to if you were to tell somebody like you could be happy and have like a, a fulfilling career, or you could be this guy, take your pick.
1: Take your pick. Well, Doug, thanks for all that you do at The Daily Signal. How can folks follow you on social media?
7: Absolutely. So I highly recommend you check out The Daily Signal online, both at thedailysignal.com or The Daily Signal on Twitter, at The Daily Signal. If you want to check out my work, please go to at Douglas K. Blair on Twitter. I tend to post... My piece is over there, and I also host the podcast. So take a listen to that if you're interested in hearing some cool news and some cool stories from the day-to-day uh, news cycle.
1: Very cool, very cool. Uh, Douglas, thanks for again for all the work you're doing, and keep up the great work. And uh, we'll uh, look forward to having you back on the show anytime you want to join us. Just let us know. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Folks, that's uh, Douglas Blair with The Daily Signal. And after these words from our sponsors, we'll be right back with a final Parting segment of Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town.
0: Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk
1: 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 854 on your Saturday morning. You've made it to the Parting wisdom segment of Saturday Morning Coffee. I just want to say one final word about the issue. I want to thank Douglas Blair uh, from the Daily Signal for joining us here on the program. Fascinating article. We'll post a link to it on the Saturday Morning Coffee Facebook page. I want to say one final thing about the issue of Race and gender in the Supreme Court and the Wall Street Journal piece that we were discussing earlier, uh, Glenn, you know, for folks who want to maintain that America is a systemically racist country and that uh, we are all fundamentally racist, whether we know it or not. And if if you don't acknowledge that, you must be a white supremacist. Mm -hmm. um, Then. You know, they should take a look. There's an actual book that's been written, and I think Liz Calloway has had the author on her show, but there's an excellent book that's been written called An Inconvenient Minority. I forget the gentleman's name, but the book is called An Inconvenient Minority. And if you look at the progress and the accomplishments of Asian-Americans, they completely dispel the myth of America as a racist white supremacist society because Asian-Americans are kicking butt, folks. And if they just get the positions at Harvard and UNC and elsewhere that merit would entitle them to, there'll be a very big chunk of those admitted classes. And that's the, you know, that's the white elephant in the room, folks. And uh, the, the reality is America is not a systemically racist country. And we're certainly not a white supremacist country. But there are those who would have you believe that to propel propel this myth uh, that we need quotas, and that everybody needs their, you know, their, 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 their group with a defined seat at the table. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no solution at the end of that, at the end of that program. There's no, there's no happy ending. If you listen to those folks um, earlier in the, uh, uh, well, last year, folks, as holiday season approached, we had a little conversation about the things that matter and how I learned in the holiday. Season, I was reminded of the things that mattered. And really, the only thing that matters in this world, folks, are the things that you do uh, to either invest in things that will have an eternal reward for you, or alternatively, the things that you do to invest in other people. The, you know, the, the minute you pass away, the amount of money in your bank account is completely irrelevant. So, well, not to my daughter. Well, and they'll be <laughs> relevant to the yeah, people that yeah. you leave behind. Yeah. But let's just say. Uh, you're not going to get to enjoy uh, the the Corvette, the mid-engine Corvette in the afterlife. But nonetheless, uh, the things that matter in this world are that will last, that will truly last, and that will truly leave a legacy. Liz Calloway was talking uh, last week or, or maybe the week before about legacy and the and the legacies that people leave behind. And, and, and what is your legacy? And I'd encourage you all to think about that. But, you know, we had a discussion here on the program about making a difference and how I – got more in the holiday spirit by looking for ways to make a difference in the lives of the people around me. And and I found out that I was suddenly in the holiday spirit. I was in the Christmas spirit. And, and, I, and I told folks that we would come back and report uh, about that. And so I want to remind you guys to share your stories. Um, I had a really remarkable experience. Don't have time to get into it on this show. But I want to remind you guys that the challenge that we put out – uh, on this program, back in December, your humble host, kind of struggling to get into the holiday spirit, uh, found a remedy for that by looking for ways uh, to help other people. It started with a conversation that I had with a veteran who was standing at a at an intersection um, collecting money, and um, we had a conversation, and um, and I talked about it earlier on the show, and I encouraged you guys to share your stories, and uh, and I'm going to talk more about that. Uh, next week or in a future episode. But if you've got a story, email it to me, SMC at gmail.com. And uh, we're going to invite you to share those stories on a future program. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. We'll see you next week. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee.